Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. This podcast is all about providing insight into the inner workings of the mind of someone on the spectrum. And I want to thank you all for your support. By learning about the way we think and the way we process information, we can all get along better in society and grow together. If you find value, please make sure that you subscribe and leave a review. That will help expand the reach of this podcast and provide more value to even more people. So last week we talked about talking. I shared what I meant by the small talk dance and how we are all really just a bunch of fluffy birds showing off to each other and the frivolity of the majority of the words that we use. And I also learned that frivolity is actually a word and not just one of the made up words that I like to use all the time. This week, we're going to get a little bit more into work-related stuff. I've touched on a few of these points in the past, and I wanted to clarify why most left-of-normal people are not employed to their maximum capacity. Uh, I'm trying to keep this in a somewhat logical order here, but forgiveness, please, if I bounce around a little bit. First, uh, we'll begin with job applications. Before you even get the job, the whole applying for a job side of things, these things absolutely suck. Uh, if I just wish there was just like a one-page document where I could put all of my information on it and not have to worry about filling out that standard mumbo-jumbo every single time. It, it's something like a summary. In French, it would be called a résumé. It may be like a snapshot of my life, but like in a professional sense. Again, I'm not sure a good word in English. Uh, in, Latinum, in, in Latin, it would be called a curriculum vitae or vitae. I mean, it's kind of long to say, so maybe just CV for short, something like that. Anyway, that I think that's kind of a general apprehension that anyone has about getting a job. So we won't dwell on that much. Interviews, however, are another story. I have had dozens of interviews. Some were for ver jobs that I was very well qualified for, and others for jobs that I wasn't nearly qualified for, and some for jobs that I just needed employment. And why am I even interviewing for this job? Because I know for a fact that this company hires people with the same IQ as eggplants. And, and that's really not fair. I've actually met eggplants with higher IQs than some of the people that work at Walmart. I mean, for various nondescript stores that will hire literally anyone walking in off the street. Interviewing for a left of normal person is absolutely exhausting. It's at least 30 minutes of pure torture that in almost no way has anything to do with the actual job we would end up doing. And unfortunately, interviewers tend to look for three things. Number one, do you smile a lot? Number two, do you make a lot of eye contact? And number three, are you excited to be there? 
These are three things that the left of normal person struggles with. And I've used this analogy before, but let's see if I can push it along a bit more. So take your non-dominant hand. I want you to like actually do this exercise here. Uh, and write your name with your non-dominant hand. It's likely a whole bunch of kind of scribbly, wobbly letters, but it's probably legible. And now take your non-dominant hand and write a couple of sentences. Simple sentences, uh, something along the lines of, hello, my name is Simon. I like to do drawings. Okay, it's probably a little bit harder and it took some concentration and likely it was really hard to read unless you wrote really, really slowly. Now use that same non-dominant hand and write a couple of paragraphs about who you are and what you like to do and why you're amazing. My guess is that by the time you get to the end, you're really tired, your hand hurts, and anyone would that would try to read your paragraph would just kind of struggle to do so. Okay, so no, now imagine a left of normal person sitting in an interview trying to use their non-dominant personality to tell the interviewer why they're a great fit for the job. And they struggle through it and they bumble along and their brain hurts by the time they're done. And the interviewer is left struggling to interpret what they're trying to say and generally doesn't work out for either party. And then combine that with a sort of a lack of awareness, if you will, on, on my part with what interviewers want to hear. And 99% of my interviews wouldn't even get a follow-up call to tell me that they went with another applicant, let alone a follow-up call telling me they were excited to have me on board. For instance, when the interviewer for some random company that I can't even remember who it was, uh, they asked me what my goals were for the next 10 years. Now, this was back when I was 20 or 21 years old, and so I answered, honestly, because you're supposed to be honest, that I was considering going back to school and getting a master's degree. Obviously, I was supposed to actually lie and tell them that I saw myself moving up the ranks with their company and taking on more responsibility and yada, yada, and whatever else you're supposed to say in that situation. But that's not what they asked, and my younger left of normal mind didn't know that I was supposed to actually tell them what they wanted to hear rather than what the actual truth was. Or perhaps take, for instance, the interview with GE. Uh, that must have gone so poorly that they straight up didn't even hire anyone for the position. Keep in mind, this was for like a data analysis position, one that required no customer contact and for which an analytical get to work and make it happen person, aka a left of normal like myself, would have been great at this job. Or perhaps the guy that saw my resume and saw that I studied anthropology, and then he laughed, asking, what's that, the study of ants? And of course, without the social skill, I probably made him feel really embarrassed and stupid when I explained it was actually the study of human culture. 
I could go on and on because, like I said, I've had dozens of these things. But I will leave a link to a short video that I'm pretty sure uh, replicates how I looked during these interviews. Uh, that'll be in the description here. Uh, just let me know if there's any Talk Soup fans out there. Moving on to the actual jobs. All right, if you're an employer, you are required to make special accommodations for your employees if they're, let's say, in a wheelchair. Or a female employee that is pregnant or has recently given birth. Or a number of other factors that would otherwise make it hard or impossible for them to work. Now, of course, the U.S. is drastically behind the times in mental health, and I know there are a significant number of mental health issues that are just ignored or unaccommodated, but this cast is about being left of normal. Something that many employers, employers completely ignore as even a thing, let alone provide a work environment that's less stressful for us. The thing is, however, that there's one really easy way that employers could create a less toxic work environment for their left of normal employees. And it all boils down to answering the question of why. Let's take a few examples, some real, some might be made up. Scott, please tuck in your shirt while you work. Why? Because that's the dress code. Why? Because it's outline, outlined in your employee handbook as being the dress code. Yeah, but why? Because that's the rule we decided on. This rule really sucks. As I sit in the back room washing greasy dishes outside the view of any client whatsoever, tucking in my shirt will in no way improve my work performance. It's an arbitrary rule used only to assert dominance on employees. Or how about this one? Uh, me, if we set up a small table in the back room, use clearing plates from the tables where diners are, we would be much more efficient. Well, yeah, but that's not how we do it. When I was hired, you asked me to provide insight on how to make things run smoother. Yeah, but we clear plates and stack them on a tiny tray near the doorway to the kitchen. Yep, well, this would be faster, less noisy, and you wouldn't have a giant pile of dirty dishes where diners could see them. Yeah, we don't do it like that. It was about two days later, I told them I was too busy with school to continue working there. It was a half-truth. I was busy, and their schedule sucked. Now, giving a firm why we do it like that will do one of two things. Either it will satisfy my need to understand why we don't do it another way. Maybe my suggestion was tried before and it just didn't work. Or maybe it created liability for the company or maybe something else. Or more likely, it'll prompt the employer to look at their systems and realize that there could be better ways of doing the work. Unfortunately, most of my jobs were ones where I was just seen as a worker and they were the boss. Thus, I was of less importance to them and they didn't need to justify any rules to someone like me. There were even times when I was written up at work for being present when someone else broke a rule. 
because as a coworker, I'm forced to be next to them. And if they break a rule while I happen to be next to them, I have control over that somehow. But, you know, writing up everybody's easier than actually disciplining one employee. And that brings up a whole other set of struggles for the left of normal person. Coworkers. When it comes to other people, I can handle most of you in small doses. And that's people that I actually enjoy being around, let alone being around people for eight to 10 hours at a time that I don't really care for. That annoyance compounds when the workers don't take into account that not everyone has the same personality as they do. So while they're really excited to wander through the office and chit chat with everyone, I was really excited to close the door to my office and actually get some work done. Now, when I see someone's office door closed, that's an indication to me that they don't want to be disturbed. If it's really important, I might knock and wait for the invitation to come in. Without that invitation, I take that as a cue to come back at another time. See, I'm not totally inept at these social situations. I just tend to learn them the hard way. Of course, some people never actually learn them the easy way or the hard way. There were countless times where I would close the door to my office so I could make a phone call or get some project done without being disturbed or maybe just, I don't know, take a nap or something. And sometimes people would knock and I would ignore that knock if I was busy, especially if I was on the phone. Other times they wouldn't even knock, they'd just walk right in. I can think of at least a couple of occasions where I would be on the phone with my door closed and a coworker would just walk in and start chatting with me. I'd look at them and tap my headset and they just kept talking. And so I'd tap my headset again and turn away. Eventually they discovered that I wasn't going to respond and they mosey on out of there to find someone else they could bother. Now I bring this up because I'm a bit baffled on what would cause someone to behave like this. And the only thing I can think of is that they're far enough right of center that they don't fully understand social situations, but instead of clamming up, they talk even more. All right, so what can we do about this? What's the takeaway here? First, for those of you that are left of normal, but happen to work that are not left of normal, but happen to work with left of normal people, we need a couple things from you. If there's a rule, we need to know why the rule is in place. And an arbitrary, that's how we do things, only serves to tell us that we haven't put much thought into that, so we're open to suggestions on how to streamline our efficiency. I mean, it's a business, and businesses are there to make money so the more streamlined things could be the better right so in addition to that we are there to do a job we focus on doing the job getting it done to the specs required and then move on to chatting with our co-workers and the like or probably just going home because our work is done but whatever so if you're employing someone look to the left of normal person we'll find the most efficient and productive way to get things done around the office or the job site. Now, next, for those of you that are left of normal, jobs generally suck. 
I have yet to have a job that I really enjoyed. Now, sure, the boss might have been a great or good person, or the work might have been interesting and encouraged growth, but a job is still a job. I believe that the whole find something you love to do and you'll never work another day in your life is utter BS. Because if I'm working on someone else's schedule, then I'm not doing something that I actually love to do. Even if it's something that I love to do. All right, we're running a bit long here, so I'll sum it up that the left of normal person is underemployed because the work environment is often not accommodating to their needs. The coworkers are not understanding of how we act and interact with other people, and the schedules are con conflicting to our inner sense of task-oriented completion. Why am I sticking around until 5 p.m. just because the clock now says 5 p.m. when all my work has been done since 2 o'clock? Of course, that gets me into a whole other diatribe about the American work culture and how we've largely been conned into thinking that 40 hours per week is the minimum necessary to feel accomplishment, and you're a slacker if you work anything less than 40 hours a week. That's a discussion for another time. For now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right, and if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, join the Facebook community. Remember that most left of normals are extremely uncomfortable in their job, if they have one at all, and a little understanding, accommodation, and acceptance goes a long way. And of course, share this with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right.